Welcome to the Mid-Major Madness Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Kotler. Join me once a week as I talk with a different mid-major coach about a variety of topics, from how they got into coaching, their coaching systems, their teams, and more. This first episode features an interview with Chris Mooney of the Richmond Spiders. Have a coach you want to hear on the podcast? Questions you want asked of our guest? Tweet me at Jared Kotler or at mid underscore madness, and we'll be sure to get your questions in. I guess the best place to get started in, this is a question that I'm asking of every coach who comes on the podcast, just to get to to know the coaches a little bit better. And that's, when did you decide you wanted to get into coaching? Uh, Probably when I was, um, probably when I was uh, maybe 10 years old, I think I kind of always knew that I wanted to, my I had an older brother who was about four years ahead of me and was a very good basketball player. And I would go and watch his games. Um, and we had a great, our, our grade school had a really, really good team and program. And the coach was um, just this incredible guy. He was six, four silver haired guy who named Neil Brazell. And he ran the program really uh, in a first class way. And, um, you know, I just always would find myself like watching him during the course of the game. I mean, he was in such command. Everybody respected him so much. And what he emphasized and what he talked about to the guys, my brother and I would talk about. And I think ever since then, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a huge influence on me. I never got to play for him. Uh, but ever since then, I think I've always saw him, I've always seen myself as, as pursuing coaching. So before we start to talk about this season a bit, you've been at Richmond dating back to the 2005-2006 season. Can you take us through the growth of the program, uh, you know, the way you, you felt it's grown from when you took over that season to where it is today? Yeah, sure. Well, it's obviously a, a, a pretty good chunk of time. Um, I, I feel like, you know, we took over a program that um, was somewhat in – uh, in a little bit of um, a little bit of disarray, just because we we didn't have. I got the job in May, and at the time, there weren't, weren't, weren't quite as many transfers available or or late available guys, and so we didn't have our in, we didn't have an incoming recruiting class. And I think we only had seven scholarship players, and you know, so obviously it was it was very difficult and challenging. We we had lost three or four players from the previous year's team. Uh, for one reason or another. So we were, you know, we were a team kind of, we didn't have any guards. We were, um, you know, we were a little bit uh, in a a tough situation. I think part of the positive thing was I was really young and our staff was young and we were just kind of, you know, head down because it's going to try to work through it. Uh, And then also all the, all the um, peripheral things that are important to a program, you know, uh, our staff, our facilities, um, our connection to the community, our, our relationship uh, up on campus, all, all of those things we thought really needed to be addressed and enhanced, you know, mainly because we were new, uh, but just the way we were going to try to do things. And then we, you know, we didn't have a great team because of all of the attrition and, and for some of those reasons. So I think we had a long way to go. And, you know, one thing I'm proud of is we really, you know, we've really greatly enhanced our relationships with greatly enhanced our facilities and, and uh, I think there's a bit of a, a hope and understanding of of what Richmond basketball is you know the style of play how how we're going to how we're going to travel how we're going to represent the school you know those things um, we hope are 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 pretty 
positive, but also kind of stamped in the consciousness of the people who support the program. So I think those things are positive. And that takes a, a lot of work and a lot of cooperation, a lot of uh, resources from the university and from, from donors to, to make those things happen. So I think both on the face of it, uh, there's been a, a, a huge enhancement of, of the program and, you know, how, how uh, we perceive ourselves and how basketball is perceived at the University of Richmond, I, I hope, has been enhanced also. So for the past two seasons, you know, you, you've had a pretty young team, and that record might not have been, you know, what you and fans, you know, wanted to see or expected to see. But I think now people are starting to see the results based on how you played early this season. How confident were you that, that once the players you had, you know, developing over the past couple of years, developed to where they are today, that, that you'd be playing at this high, higher level? Yeah, well, I was confident in, in that. I thought that, you know, we had some, you know, some unfortunate Injuries. We had some, uh, you know, an awful lot of youth, um, you know, guys playing. And that, you know, for for just about everybody, that is not not the best recipe. You know, to have to have young players, um, you know, have too many freshmen and sophomores out there as your best players or guys doing the most, because they're just, you know, that experience is so valuable. Now, when those guys are um, one and done or NBA draft picks, that talent and just overall incredible ability can overcome a lot of that. Um, and so, I, but I was confident that we could, um, build on that. And, and, you know, obviously, uh, at this day and age, you know, the, the players and the parents and everybody's impatient because they want to, they not, not only want to play and have great stats, but also win and be successful. And, and I understand that, but I, I knew that if we got a little bit more, seasoning if we got a little bit more experience that we could really be good hopefully that's going to play out you know we're off to a good start and that's great but hopefully that can continue to play out early on in this season what's impressed you the most uh, about your team and the way they've played well i think we've had some resiliency and some toughness uh, um you know i think um we we've had opportunities to play uh, high major teams we've had we've had some setbacks with injuries we've had uh you know we were down 12 points with about two minutes to go in our opening game that we won. So we've had some adverse situations that we've, we've been able to stay calm. You know, a, a lot of times basketball, you're, you're balancing two things. You're trying to be as aggressive as you possibly can and stay as poised and calm as you possibly can. Those are difficult. And I think we've done that. Um, we, you know, we had to play our last two games without Grant Golden, who's a, a great player and, you know, in contention for our best player. And, uh, we've been able to be successful without him. We've, um, you know, we've had, we've played different styles and we've had games where we've shot great, uh, and been able to win and games we've shot poorly. So I think our adaptability, uh, because of some resiliency and toughness has been, has been our, our greatest asset. You talk about that resiliency and toughness. You opened the season this year with two overtime wins. What did that tell you about your team, you know, those first two games of the season, seeing that they were able to play with that fight and be able to withstand two uh, two overtime games early on in the year? Yeah, that was um, that was big. You know, our, our, our first game uh, was really critical. We had dropped the season opener for two consecutive years, and so there was, um, you know, it, 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 that game felt, like it was heavier than, than most opening games. And, um, you know, like I said, I think we were down 12 with maybe two, maybe two minutes and 20 seconds to go. 
and sent the game into overtime. We were down 10 with a minute 30 to go. So being able to, to do that was, you know, a huge sense of relief, but also a sense of like, Hey, that, that's a, that's something significant to overcome and win. And, uh, I thought that was really positive. And then, and then to beat Vanderbilt who has, you know, some very good players and great athletes in overtime as well. I think, you know, obviously once you get to overtime, who knows, you know, it's not, it, it, it's a five minute game and, and whoever maybe makes a couple of critical plays, uh, but to come out on top means we did make a couple of those critical plays. And, uh, I think it definitely gave us a, um, you know, a, a, definitely some relief, but also a sense of, Hey, we could be, we could be pretty good. We just, you know, played two pretty different games and were able to win those games. And, um, hopefully moving forward, that really helped us and, and will continue to help us. From a mid-major perspective, it can be tough to get Power 5 uh, teams to come play at your place. Can you talk about the benefits of getting to play some of those power teams on a neutral court like you guys had uh, you know, a couple weeks ago playing uh, Auburn and Wisconsin? Yeah, those tournaments for, for our league and probably leagues like the Missouri Valley and the Mountain West, are they mean everything because it's hard to get games. Um it's hard to get games in general. It's certainly hard to get home and home games or home and home series with high major teams. And so when you, when you're able to play on a neutral floor, you know, things feel even, things feel evened out and uh, you have the opportunity to, to um, really compete and win some of those games. You know, it's, it's, it's even more pressure. And I've, I've talked about, you know, Auburn, for example, you know, we're, we're playing them in November and we're trying to give them our best shot because we know how valuable that game is. And, you know, Auburn's going to have a week in February where they host Florida and Kentucky and uh, go to Georgia, and they're going to have a chance maybe to pick up three really big-time wins there or two out of those three. So we don't get those opportunities. And so, yes, that makes their schedule, you know, that much more intense. But uh, for us, it, it's, a, it's, a really, it's really important to play well in those tournaments and hopefully wins a game or some games when you, when you have that opportunity and capitalize. As you, you head towards conference play and start wrapping up the non-conference games uh, over the coming month, where are you looking to improve the most, uh, you know, from a team perspective? I would say defensively, you know, we've really improved tremendously on that side, but uh, I think we, we still have a ways to go. And uh, I think our defense um, and our toughness, those are the things we worked on since last March. And I'd really like to see us uh, just continue to, you know, you're not always going to have games where you hold teams to under 40% shooting and under 65 points and create X amount of turnovers. But you do want to have, uh, you don't want to be good enough on defense that um, that you have some of those games like that. And then when you don't have games like that, that you can get big stops or string together uh, some stops in critical points of the game. And you can't, it's hard to do that if you're not confident in what you're doing, you're not confident and trustworthy of your, of your teammates because of how hard you've been working at, at defense. And so that's, that's what we're really looking forward. Hopefully we can, we can really improve and become that much better of a defensive team and, and build on the success we've had so far. And then as we get closer to conference play, what are your thoughts on, on the success that the Atlantic 10 has had early on in this season in the non-conference schedule and that, and what that means for you guys heading into conference play? Yeah, it's really uh, very, very important. And, um, you know, it's not surprising to me. You know, we have 14 schools in this league, and, you know, so many of them have had have really rich traditions and are really committed to basketball and have excellent coaches and really good players. And so 
I think last year there was a fear that the league didn't perform quite as well out of conference. Um, but that's not going to happen all that many times. You know, there are just too many schools, too much commitment, too many great coaches for that, for that to, to happen with 14 of us. And so, uh, and I also think, I know that one week, I think VCU beat LSU at home, mm-hmm. uh, Richmond beat Vanderbilt at home and, and Rhode Island beat Alabama at home. And that might have been over the course of two or three days. And you know, that's not surprising. It's just, we don't get those games at home as often. And, if we did, it would be more, you know, the home team would win at, at more of the kind of average home team win rate than the conference win rate because you'd have the opportunity to play those games at home. So the more, more of those you can get and capitalize on, the better off we'll be. And hopefully as we, as we continue to, to grow as a league and, and really improve ourselves, we'll have more and more of those opportunities. Got a couple just quick hitting uh, questions to to get you out of here on. Uh, these are ones I like to ask every coach that comes on. You've been, like we said, you've been uh, the coach at Richmond since that 05-06 season. You've played in a lot of arenas. What's the toughest road, road arena you've had to coach in? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, there are a couple like, um, you know, VCU is a great, uh, a great home court advantage. And of course it's a big rivalry. They're only a few miles away. So that, that game is really special here. Uh, they have a great home court advantage. St. Joe's, you know, when, when uh, you know, it's a, it only seats about 4,000 or so. They're right on top of you. That's really a, a tough place to play. Dayton, of course, which seats about 13,000. They're, you know, they're some of the best fans. Uh, there are always loud, always into the game, always knowledgeable. I would, I would probably list those uh, among the best. We played, you know, at Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, and that's, you know, that's really just amazing. You know, the, how early everybody gets there, how how late everybody stays, how into the, the game they are, and I would probably say that would be someplace that would be really tough for any road team to to win a game at any point during any season would be at Allen Fieldhouse. And then I'll get you out of here on this one, and, and it's another reflective one. Who's the best player or couple players that you've had to scout, uh, you know, and coach against uh, during your time at Richmond? That's a great question. Um, you know, uh, two Holloway was a guard at Xavier who was really a, a terrific and dynamic player, um, you know, could score in, in many different ways. He was somebody that, you know, we always had a really hard, uh, a really challenging time with, a great player from Davidson named Peyton Aldridge uh, was was great. You know, he was a guy who you know was uh, about six seven, six eight, and hard hard for a smaller guy to guard him. Certainly hard for a bigger guy to guard him because he could shoot so well. Um, you know, there have been a lot unfortunately over the years, but uh, those two guys kind of come to my mind right away. Awesome, Coach. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it, and best of luck the rest of the season. I really appreciate spending time with you.